Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Well, good morning. Are you ready for the Word of God? Today is our third message. And I said that we probably wouldn't do three uh, messages on this topic, but it looks like it'll be two more, at least. <laughs> yeah, two more on this topic. The topic is how to have success living in a way that pleases God. How to have success. Living in a way that pleases God. And for those my hearing that may be online and those who are guests here, why do we need this subject anyway? Everything we do pleases God, doesn't it? And we know that we don't always do that which pleases God, even though we want to. Let's look at the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 28 and 29. Let's look there as we review Verse 20 says, So Jesus said, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He. Now, the, the He is not in the Greek text. It's not, it's not in, um, usually in your Bible you probably see italicized or something because it's not in the original. So really, we could read it as saying, then you will know that I am. And we know we've heard that before. We heard that way back in the Old Testament when Moses was saying, well, who who should I say sent me? And, of course, he said, tell him, I am sent you. Yeah. Is, he, is, is he the I am God? Is Jesus I am also? We have one God, the scripture tells us. It's only one God, but in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So, So he's saying that I am. And he says, Jesus said that I do nothing on my own initiative. That's a great thing that we can glean. But I speak these things as the Father taught me. Verse 29. And 
He who sent me, now I want you to remember that now. He who sent me, okay, remember that, is with me. He has not left me alone. So he sent he who sent me, he's with me, and he hasn't left me alone. For I always do the things that are pleasing to him, which we read, we read, quoted last week. Now, we know that we aspire to do that. We aspire to always do that which pleases the Father, but we know that we are in a process, which we'll talk about. So, uh, Jesus said that he always, does that. And when it says that uh, he's not left me alone, for, that for, actually, uh, in, in the King James, it doesn't say for. It probably says because. But that's in the Greek, because. Because. He sent me, he's with me. It says that he's not not left me alone because I always do that which pleases him. So I want want us to uh, meditate on that during the week. We want to uh, say, okay, Jesus, we want to be like you. That's the goal. I want to be like you, Jesus. I want to be like you. Well, our goal is to please the Father then. We need to please him. And that's the what the title is all about. How to have success living in such a way that pleases him. That's what we want. Now let's go to John. Gospel of John chapter 17. Remember the things I just said now. Verse 18. It says, As I, as you sent me, and this is Jesus talking, Remember, that's the longest prayer kind of is recorded there. Uh, he says, as you sent me. Now, it just said in the verse we just read, two verses, he says that he, ha- he has not left me alone. It says that he who sent me. But Jesus is saying here that as you send, sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Now, we know that even though he's talking about the apostles, we know that uh, his disciples, we know that we are included in that because when we are born again, he, he sends us in the world because, as we read last time, we know that he does not just say, okay, uh, now you're born again, 
that takes care of you, let's now take you on home because there's no work for you to do here. No. That prayer also, as we read last week, was that, no, 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 don't take them out of the world, just keep them from the evil one. You remember that, that we read. So if, we, if he says that he has sent us into the world, we can also expect that not only has he sent us in the world, but it said with, with Jesus up above, when we read that, he says that he won't leave us because he didn't leave Jesus. He didn't leave him alone. He said that he who sent me, then he hasn't left me alone. And not only that, but he says that he always does that. And so our aspiration, our, our thing is that, God, you're with me. You're not going to leave me alone either. You're with the body. All over the world, you're with the body. And you're not going to leave them alone either. You're not going to leave them alone. You're going to be with them everywhere they go. And that's the, that's the great thing about God with us. Emmanuel, we, we know that God is with us. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And so we need to continue to yield and yield and yield, which we're going to talk about just a little bit today. What are we talking about? We went through last time, last two meetings we had here. We said that uh, make much to do of Jesus. Make much to do of Jesus. We also said in view of making much to do of him, we also need to present our bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, well-pleasing to God, in other words. We also said last week, and do not be conformed to this world. That's where we left off. Today, what we want to do is take it a little further. We're still in Romans 12, chapter 2. Let's look at that. In 11, we talked about the mercies of God. So we will make much to do with Jesus. Then we said we're going to present our bodies. Now we said last week, and do not be conformed to this world. Let's look at the next part of that verse because that's what we're doing. We're, we're going through this first, and we are breaking it down, going to school on this first. Because it has so much to do about what God is asking us to do to please him. We say we can't please him. Impossible to please him. Without making much to do of him. If you make much to do about football, basketball, soccer, anything more than you make much to do about him, that's not good. We're not going to please him that way. He says, but be transformed. But be transformed. We're going to talk about that, and we're going to start getting into the other part of that, which says, 
by the renewing of your mind. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what we're going to talk about. Be transformed. Be transformed. Now let's start breaking that down just a little bit. Now we know it's a contrast, don't we? If he says that do not be uh, conformed to this world, but it's a contrast, that means that uh, instead of that, here's what I want you to do. Be transformed. But be transformed. So it's a direct object. Now, B is, is in, the, in, in, the, uh, in a tense that tells us, be being, be being. You remember last week we said it was in the same tense, but when it's negative, we said that what happens that instead of, when it says that, do not conform yourself to this world. It means stop it. Stop it. We went over that. Now it's telling us keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep being transformed. Keep being transformed. Keep being transformed. Stop this over here. I want you to stop that now. That's that, 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 that history. Stop it. But I want you to keep being transformed because it's never going to stop. It's never going to stop. While we're in this body, while we're in this world, it's never going to stop. We're going to keep being transformed. Now, what I want to do is take us to look at this word a little bit because if we don't, we, we're, we're thinking that we're being transformed when we're really not. So let's look at it just a little bit. What, what does being transformed really, what are he's talking about here? What does transform mean? Well, transform, it, it, it refers to an invisible process in Christians which takes all of our lives. That word actually is you, 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 you've uh, seen it, you've talked about it, you've heard it a lot of times. It's another word that's very close to that, that that means transfigure. Same thing, but it's only the ending of that is just three little letters that's a little different. And transfigured is a little bit different. That's where I want to go so we can see what do we mean by be transformed? Let's go to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew. Chapter 17. Let's go there. I, I want us to get this, this good biblical picture first before you get the natural picture there. In Matthew Chapter 17, verse 1 and 2. Matthew 17, 1 and 2. And we all know the story. We know the story. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them 
up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured. He was transfigured. Okay, remember I said that uh, if you look it up in, the, in, in, in a Greek dictionary, it's going to tell you that it's the same word, basically, just a teeny went a bit different, but it's the same thing. Now, now you think about what Jesus, what happened to Jesus. Okay, he he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. That's what that word means, transformed, transfigured, looks like different. But transformed is an inside thing, whereas transfigured is an outside thing. Both, both, both are supernatural. Both are supernatural. And so we see this supernatural thing and see... Uh, when Jesus was transfigured, how did his, his insides look? You know? No, you don't know. Because it doesn't say, does it? See, transfigured has to do with the outside, and but it's, it's supernatural. His earthly form was changed supernaturally, and it was denoted by a radiance of brightness and and his garments, his countenance. You could see it. They could see it. They could see it. Now, why did I bring this out at this point? Because you must know, I must know, that when we start talking about transformation, it's still supernatural, just like transfigured is supernatural. It's supernatural. 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 So, think about what it said. Be not conformed, but be transformed. That transformation is supposed to be something that we can't do. We cannot do it. We can participate, but it must be divine. It must be something that the Holy Spirit does. Otherwise, there's no transformation. No transformation. Now, the natural, another earthly natural example is of that word, is like a caterpillar turning into a what? Butterfly or moth. Uh, and, and we know that this butterfly, is it always going to happen? To every, every caterpillar is going to end up a butterfly. Is that true? No. Some not going to make it across the street. 
they don't get run over. But they have something to do, though. They got to do something, you know. You can't just sit there. You got to do something. So what does the butterfly have to do? He has to do what God has had created it to do and put in him to do. It's a God thing now. It's a God thing. We're not going to do what the butterfly does. But the butterfly has to do that if he ever wants to be a a, 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 a caterpillar has to do that unless he, unless he's going to be run over or stumped on or something. He's going to have to get somewhere in some quiet place and God's going to work some miracles on on that caterpillar and pretty soon that lava is going to burst out and turn into uh, a beautiful something. It's called a butterfly. But he has to do something. And so the same thing with our being and be being transformed, we're going to have to do something too. But it's still going to be supernatural. It's going to be supernatural. So what do I want to look for? What do you look for when we're talking about transformation? You're looking for something supernatural, but you're looking for a distinct change. It has to be a distinct change. It has to be something that uh, no human being can do alone. It's a God thing. It's It's a supernatural, divine work that's going to take place. And you're going to be totally different. Totally different with this transformation. Totally different. How does this supernatural process take place? We're not going to be like the caterpillar. We're not going to climb up in a corner in our house and tile cells and on a wall or something say, well, I'm I'm, going to be here until God cover me up and then let me out and I'll be different. It's not going to be. It's not going to be that way. But we do have to do something. It's a process. The the, the caterpillar had to go through a process. We're going to have to go through a process also. It's it's a it's a series of things that leads up to this supernatural thing and included in the supernatural thing that God does. Let's look at Second Corinthians. Let's go there. Chapter three. Let's look in verse starting verse five. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse five. Let's, let's start there. And I tell you, I'm 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 excited as I learn more and more about this transformation process that God has taken me through and us through. It's a little bit different. Okay, now we want to really get down to verse 18, but I want to lead up to that have some context here and we're talking about uh, really the law versus grace uh, we're talking about uh, what the Moses did and what the what the 
uh, apostles doing. And it says in verse 5, not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who also made us adequate as servants of the new covenant. And he's talking about now, you know, that's what he's talking about, a servant, the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So there's comparison there. But if the ministry of death in letters engraved on stone came with glory so that the sons of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses because of the glory of his face fading as it was. How will the ministry of the Spirit fail to be even more with glory? Because it's still a comparison here. For if the ministry of the of condemnation has glory, much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory. For indeed, what had glory in this case has no glory because of the glory that surpasses it. For if that which fades away was with glory, much more that which remains is in glory. All verses of grace here. Verse 12. Therefore, having such a hope, we use great boldness in our speech. And are not like Moses, who used, used to put a veil over his face so that the sons of Israel would not look intently at his at the end of what was fading away, meaning the law. Verse 14. But their minds were hardened. I want to remember that now. Their minds were hardened. For until this very day, at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because it is removed by Christ. So the Jewish nation as a whole, basically, uh, they still don't believe that Jesus Christ has come. See, so basically they are, they still got the veil over when, 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 the, when Moses is read, when the law is read. Because only Christ removes it. Verse 15. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their 
hard. They're hard. Now, he already said the minds were hardened. Now, he says that a veil is over their hearts. Mind hardened. Veil over the hearts. But, whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So now they can see whenever someone gives a life to Jesus Christ. Before that, our minds are hardened. We got a veil over our, over our hearts. Hard, hard. Now the Lord, verse 18, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is, come on, liberty. Verse 18. But we all with unveiled face. Now, we all, meaning now, the apostles, the, everybody who's saved, he's talking to the church. We all have unveiled face now. We don't have to veil our face. We don't have to put anything over our face uh, because that was back, we're talking about the old covenant. This is the new covenant. So the veil is lifted off when we give our life to Jesus Christ. It's lifted. It's lifted. So we can behold Jesus now. For who he is. We can do that. Because we have unveiled, unveiled faith. Beholding as in a mirror. The glory of the Lord. Now. Now. The Old Testament had glory. The New Testament has much more, much, much more glory. And. Moses beheld when he when when he went on the mountain when he came back his face was shining he had put a veil over because they said oh don't talk to us because you know um i rather i can't we he had to put a veil over so now we're saying here this is what god is telling us our face is not veiled we don't have to be concerned about that because see moses what moses did he went up to the lord and he was in the presence of almighty god for how long? You know, for today, for night. He was in the presence of God. And he, when he came back, when you're in the, in, in, in the presence of God, and that's what you want to be, every time you, you get before God, you want to do that at home. You want to do that here. And that's what we want our worship to do, to usher us into the presence of God, don't we? We don't want to just sing songs, do we? We, we, want, we want God to show up, don't we? You said, well, he's already in us. Yes, he's in us, but there's a, there's a, a manifested presence of God, too. That when he, when he shows up and manifests himself, things happen. People get saved. People get healed. People get uh, delivered. Things happen when you're in the presence of God. And he said, he's saying that when you get in the presence of God, you're in the presence of glory. Straight out glory. You know, I mean brightness, brilliance. You're in his presence. 
And Moses came away from that shining. I mean, brightness. We're supposed to come away also, but we we don't have the covenant face. But we're gonna come away changed. That's what that's what we want to come away changed. But like I said, it's a supernatural process. So we're talking about one of the processes of trans being trans. You know, I, I want to be not. I want you to reveal to me. I want you to uh, transform me, Lord. Transform me, Lord. So the first thing I want to do is I want to get in the presence of God and behold his glory. His glory. See, what, what I want to do here is saying that beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. He says, are being transformed. Are being transformed. So that means that as we get in the presence of God and we start holding this word up just like it's a mirror. Because a mirror reflects something, doesn't it? Yeah. It reflects something. And so, you see yourself. If you're looking at your face, you see yourself. So, what we want to do, as we are beholding this, we want to see Jesus. That's what we want to see. But isn't that, isn't that who you want to look like? Surely you don't want to look like yourself. <laughs> because yourself is going to get older and older as time goes on. The youngest one in here, wait 50 years from now, you know, and then you, you, you would have changed. You would have changed. We want to not change uh, our outside. We want to change our inside. That's what I want to change. I don't want to be transfigured. I, I just want to be transformed right now. I want to be transformed. And so I want to behold his glory. Now, I want to, what I want to do is as I'm reading, like I, I was reading last night. I was reading this morning. I was just reading. And, and then when I was listening to the songs, and you just think you're always singing songs and you're singing some words that evidently the writer of that saw something in the Word of God that made them write some of the things they were writing. And so as we're reading, you want to, what you want to do is start meditating on what you're reading and studying what you're reading because even just what we read today, it, it, we, we know that, that Moses went up to the mountain with God Four days before night, he came back, and he, we know that he was shining. He was he was changed. He was bright from the outside. There, he was bright. There, his face was shining, and he had to he had to uh, put a veil over. Now, when we get in the presence of God, what we want is we want to be changed because it says 
are being transformed, and that's a change, from the inside out, into the same image, come on now, into the same image, it says, from glory to glory. From glory to glory. From glory to glory. See, because as you read today, there's a, you, you, you're, seeing, you're seeing some glory in Jesus when you're reading Jesus. When you read tomorrow, when you read tonight, there's some, you'll see some more glory. You keep reading, you can see some more glory. Different parts of the Bible have different glory because God is, it, you will never get enough information, never get enough of knowledge about Jesus Christ, about God. He's infinite. He's infinite. So when I read, I say, well, man, look at what Jesus did. You know, he was, it says that the rock was following them. You remember in, 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 the, uh, in the wilderness, that rock that followed him was what? What was the rock? Jesus, right? What was Jesus? What was the rock? He gave water. He gave, and you saw a meditate on that. You saw, man, how can a rock follow you? How can water come from a rock that's going to feed two, you know, all these two million people and cattle and everything? How is that going to happen? And you start seeing, you, as you meditate on it, you start seeing glory. 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 Cause, but see, because when you get in a situation where you have a need for something, you got to remember, oh, Jesus can supply my need. It's not so hard to pay my little rent I have. You know, it's 800 some dollars a month, but... My goodness gracious, it's hard for me. It's not too hard for the Lord. Because he provided water for a million people, cattle and everything, in the wilderness. And you see things like that. You see them get by the Red Sea. You see, say, wait a minute, the thing... uh, it's overflowing here. You, you, you know, you see it this happening. You see them crossing this. You see, who in, the, who in the world would ever think that somebody could hold a staff up and the waters divide? It'd be dry land. I mean, it's, it's been water on that, in, in that place for years and years and years and years, but it's going to be dry so you can go through then he's going to turn around, and when Pharaoh and his men try to come through, he's going to cause it to close up on them, and they're no more. If he can do that, then you read somewhere where here's Cor and company, they get all antsy and all uppity and think they are something, and, and, and Moses and them are nothing, and he messes around and says, I tell you what, if God's with you, let him be with you. If he's not, he's going to do a new thing on you. And you think of this new thing he did, what did he do? He opened up the earth. They went in, 
their family, everybody. Went in and then stop everything, God. Stop everything until I finish wiping them out. Because you told me to wipe them out. How can how can somebody stop the sun from moving? Stay twelve o'clock all day, all night until you finish. Who in the world can do that? And you see another glory. You say, Wow. God, is anything too hard for him? And what does he say? Nothing is too hard for me. And so we, 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 can, we can feel assured that I can bring my children before him. I can bring my sick mama before him. I can bring my, this before him. I can bring my, my, my dog that I've had for years and he's sick. I can bring him before the I can. God cares about me. See, he's telling us, I want you to behold the glory of the Lord. See, the glory of the Lord is from Genesis to Revelation. Yeah. Man, beholding the glory so that we'll be able to go from glory to glory. To glory. To glory. But you have to behold it here in his word. And and, and it is with just as with the Lord, the Spirit. And King James might say by the by the Spirit of the Lord. And so I say, God, this transformation process here, I see is something for me to do. I need to get in this word. Don't you think that you're going to jump up in the morning, take your shower, and go do all your things you normally do, come home, you know, fix your dinner, do all that kind of stuff, uh, look at the TV, jump in the bed, uh, and get up and do the same thing and keep doing the same thing over and over again. And don't, don't you think that then a butterfly, he can sit there that butterfly, that, 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 not the butterfly, but the, but the little worm, uh, the, uh, caterpillar, he can sit there and do nothing. He don't even have to climb in the corner. He, don't do he better get across that street. He better not let no car roll over him. If he want to be a, if he, if that, if that caterpillar want to be a butterfly, he better avoid being run over. He better avoid some things. You better get where God have given you instinct to get. So that so God can make this miracle process going on here, we have to do the same thing. We better get where God has told us to get, which is in the Word. We better get in His Word and start beholding His glory, so He can do what only He can do. See, because it's a supernatural process. If it were not supernatural, the Pharisees wouldn't have been the Pharisees. Because they were, they were in the Word. They didn't behold no glory of Jesus. They, 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 they were in the Old Covenant, the fading thing. They didn't, they didn't, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. They weren't changed, were they? They weren't changed. As a whole, a few of them got changed because they accepted Jesus Christ as the Messiah. But 
majority of Israel, they haven't accepted him. So they're not going to be changed. Now, also, you heard me read that not only does something have to happen supernaturally, but you have to get and see this. This is an outside thing, isn't it? But now, if you get into it, guess what? What? It is alive. It's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Able to divide something as a soul and spirit. It joins with my uh, discernment of the thoughts and intents of a heart. This thing right here called the Word of God, it will change you. Because it's, it, it's, it's supernatural. It's supernatural. And so the Holy Spirit, if you just get where you're supposed to be, like, like that caterpillar, get where you're supposed to be. Avoid all the stuff that's going to try to get you not where you're supposed to be. Because you might get eaten trying to get up there. You know, something might eat you up. Something might run over you. But you better get there if you want to be, uh, you know, a, a butterfly. He's telling us, hey, people are going to tell you, hey, let's go over here. Let's do this. Let's do that. Uh, you know, and, and, and God said, hey, you better get where I told you to get. You better get in this word. You better make some time for me in this word because if you get before me like a mirror and you're looking at the glory of God, you're searching out. You say, oh, this is the glory. And you, you just praise God for how glorious he, he, he's shown you that morning, that night, that lunchtime. Whenever you can get before him, get before him and, and let him change you. But also it's an inside thing. It's like the, like the um. The potter. The potter, does he have his hand on the outside? Does he have his hand on the inside? Yes. He has to have both. And it has to be the same for us. You remember I said that the heart was hardened? See, the Holy Spirit is the only one that's going to be able to change our heart. Because, see, we can, we can get in the Word. Oh, he told us we could get in the Word. And I hope he doesn't have no... 30 days of the word. Oh, I don't want to be in no word no 30 days. I got stuff to do. You know? No, no, no. He got to have his hands on the inside to soften our hearts, to change our, 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 our stubbornness. See, we are not as pliable as God wants us to be. See, God wants us to be humble. He wants us to humble ourselves before the might of God. He wants to humble ourselves before this word of God. We don't want to be uh, saying, I don't have time for uh, all this. Just give me, just, I tell you what, just give me a proverb. I read, read one proverb a day. That's it for the rest of my life, and I'll be good. No. No, he got to have his hand on the inside to soften your heart and get you humble enough to say, oh, God, oh, God, help me. I know I'm not in the Word like I should be, but help me. If you help me, I'll get in the Word. I'm going to set my alarm. I'm going to set my alarm. I'm going to get up five minutes early, ten minutes early, an hour early. I'm going to get up and I'm going to get in this Word. I want you to change me. Have your hand on the inside of me so that you'll Harden, you'll soften this hard heart. You see, this mind that I have that, 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 
that got my mind on some of everything. I think that's what you said anyway, didn't it? There you say, you know, we have our mind on some of everything. You know, give it to the Lord. Don't have your minds on some of everything and, and, and losing sleep, laying there in the bed. Get up and read the Bible. Get up and pray some. That, that, the enemy will leave you alone. He'll say, get on back to sleep. Go on back to get on back get in the bed. He don't want to mess with you because you're going to get up and get in his word. You're going to get in some praise. So I'm saying that we have to behold the glory of the Lord from glory to glory. Praise God. I wanted to stop earlier. My goodness. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.